What's up, my man? What's up? Uh, just got through finished. Tra- I just finished training two teenagers, and that was fun. Yeah. So how they how they do today? They're doing really well. Uh, we've got one. It's going to be a senior next school year. Um, he's a stud athlete. Um, I've spoken to y'all a little bit about him. You know, 160 yeah. something pounds, benching 250 with ease. You know, squatting 400 pounds. They don't have him deadlift or nothing like that. And I haven't pushed his deadlift squat or bench like on anything so we're playing around and see how athletic he how athletic he is in movements that will translate to a sport really well and then we have is a, he go ahead is he multi-sport or so he just plays baseball or he's what? multi-sport he plays football <coughs> baseball and he runs track he's super fast and uh he uh his biggest concern is baseball, which that's awesome because it plays in my wheelhouse really well because I know baseball. And I have a lot of resources that can help me with that if I run into a, a roadblock or some type of, or something that confuses me that I can't figure out. I've got people I can reach out to to help me with that scenario. Um, and then i got another guy. He's, he's, he's younger. He is going from junior high to senior high, and he really would like, to be able to be to a point to where he'll have some scouts looking at him in high school to try to go to college. And he's a strong boy. Like he's 15 and he's able to do dumbbell front squats with a hundred pound dumbbell already. Awesome. He's pretty strong. And like I was telling them kids, like I know some grown men that don't even want to do that. Yeah. So yeah, this guy, yeah, I <laughs> know. I don't even want to do it. So, <laughs> But I guess you know it's 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 fun working with kids. I call them kids because they're teenagers. It's really fun uh, working with them, especially whenever you see that light bulb moment with them. It's very rewarding because once they understand it, their attitude towards whatever they're learning changes completely. But before we get too far into this, introduce yourself for the listeners. I'm sure they know who you are. Oh yeah, all all three of uh, my peoples know me, <laughs> but I am uh, I'm Justin Fowler. I am uh, a online strength coach. I just recently started that. I am a ordained minister for United Voices Iron Church in Malden, Missouri. <clears throat> I have my own po- podcast called Dudes in Christ Podcast. I am a wannabe powerlifter and oh, uh, husband. Yeah. <laughs> Husband, uh, father, uh, diesel mechanic, drummer, uh, just a jack of all, master at none. <laughs> jack of all, master of none. But yeah. I don't know the full quote of that, but there is a lot more to that quote. And yeah. being a master of, being a jack of all is more beneficial than a master of one. I'll agree to that. Yeah. So I would much rather be. I accept that. Yeah, I accept that. <laughs> Even from number four. <laughs> but no, I, would, I didn't even have to say it. No, I get it out of the way real quick. Um, I would much rather be decent at a lot than extremely proficient in one thing and can't do anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it like, just, it, there's always something to do when you're just mediocre at everything. Yep. Cause you just start <laughs> cause you don't have too much invested. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh you mentioned 
you're an online coach that's recent, you recently started <clears throat> that or promoting it more. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So what's it called? How can people reach you? Um, what is your demographic target? I guess your targeted demographic. Yeah. So it's called uh, disciple fit. And, uh, this is that name disciple fit. That's something that me and a buddy, uh, actually come up with several years ago. We, uh, kind of talked about doing the same exact thing, just in a different light. <clears throat> and it was just really a way to kind of feel a Christian, uh, role, if you will, but still kind of bringing the physical fitness side of it. So we just tried, you know, thinking of a name, a couple that, well, that's, that was probably four or five years ago. And, uh, he kind of went his own way. He, he used to work with me, he changed jobs and, you know, got a wife, kids and life happened. So he kind of, you know, went his own way. <clears throat> so it kind of died out. And then, you know, just kind of sparked back that once I started becoming a better power lifter and just really being able to help others, I decided that, Hey, I kind of wanted to become a coach and, and help those that, you know, are in need of help or, just have questions and things like that. So <clears throat> I stuck with that name. Uh, you can check out the website at disciplefit.net. Kind of just gives you a backstory of who I am and kind of where I've came from and what I've done. <clears throat> but as far as, uh, as far as demographic, just anybody that's just looking to get better overall fitness or overall health, um, I, of course, kind of biased towards powerlifters. Everybody would just love to have powerlifting clients yeah. <laughs> because there's a set go and uh, you can really attack that go. Whereas just general health, you can, there's so many avenues that you can kind of go around. And sometimes if you're not careful, you can just, the goal becomes this gray area of get better, which is, yeah, which is great. But, but, you know, I like to shoot for something and be able to achieve it and then change directions and, you know, do that. So really just anybody that needs help, um, as far as where to catch me, uh, everybody has Instagram. My Instagram's Justin underscore Disciple Fit, and that'd probably be my most active. I got Facebook, but you know that's that's for old people. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't know if they know how to operate it properly or not. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Apple Apple guys. You know, you just you have this niche and. I don't want to hear it because your videos that you've tried to send to us all day has been whack. See, I don't know. I don't know why that is. Is it playing back perfect on mine? Y'all all three have iPhones, so it's pretty much it's three common denominator. No, yeah, common denominator is no. that one Android. <laughs> no, but that last video you sent actually played good when it was you and your son. Yeah, it played back good. I went through and just cleared everything out and reset it. And I don't know. Maybe that fixed it. I think that's what's going on when I'm typing to y'all on IG. Like why it's like, it's like a lot of it's yeah. skipping. Like it's when I'm typing, it's like a bunch of it's just going on. Like a lot gets thrown on there as I'm typing. And I wonder if it's yeah. because we've got so many thousands of messages yeah, that it's like, possible. hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> so I maybe need to clear on, that. Uh, I was about to say, if you have an Android, you can go to your app settings and just clear data there. But, you know, having an Apple, you'll probably have to run around the building three times and delete that and reinstall no, it and can, all that. You can do that on um, 
on the settings of on the, in the apps settings on Apple yeah. and on the IG thing, the app actual app of um, Instagram, you can go there and clear data. I know you. I know you don't like Apple, but I like my privacy from the government. Oh, whatever. Oh, whatevs. Conspiracy theorist. <laughs> you heard this on the Joe Rogan podcast, so it has to be true. I did hear it, but it come from a very reputable source. If that makes sense. He's probably he's, he's probably an Apple user. That's why he said that. I don't think he's a. <laughs> I think he don't use a smartphone at all. This individual here, I think, has a. Phone. And you're going to believe him? How how could he have information if he doesn't have a smartphone? <laughs> because he's smarter than you and I. <laughs> <laughs> That's not saying much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it all depends. It all depends on what it's about. That's right. So um. That's right. That's right. I know something that I struggled with when it came to coaching, especially before I ever got the courage. Because I want to call it courage to announce publicly that I'm going to offer services as a strength and conditioning coach for online for powerlifting, you know, mainly powerlifting, but also do some gym pop stuff. Uh, I did not have the confidence. Like it took me a while to build that confidence. So is that something that you felt like you had to deal with a lot? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's, you know, I still deal with that, even though I've kind of launched it. <clears throat> Luckily I have uh, started off, before I actually went public, probably one of the best uh, clients of all time. Yes. <laughs> and he's your nutrition client. Yeah. So that Chris, Chris shout out. Gosh. Shout out Fizzle. Yeah. He, <laughs> but, uh, he ruins he, he the expect- me. Yeah. Chris, he, like, he's so attentive on everything. Like, and he pays attention to every small detail. And he checks yeah. in on everything. And he gives you a full report on everything. He has absolutely ruined every other client you could ever have because the expectations <laughs> are now so high. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if he keeps that up when he gets busy. We'll, we'll see if he keeps that During in line. The, the planting season and picking no. season. Shouldn't he be discing now the fields? He, yeah. <laughs> he, he should be discing right now probably. Working he's, ground. But he was on his couch. I, have you not seen yeah. him on that couch all week? Oh, yeah. He's. This time of year, you know, farmers nowadays are super bougie. You know, they <laughs> they they act like they work all the time, and then you find out who they are in the winter. They're just couch potatoes. Ah, <laughs> that's why he's got to stay so strict on that diet. Mm-hmm. I need to take some of his no. discipline when it comes to a diet. Man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he can he can stick to it. That's something I struggle with. I I love food, yeah. just like everybody else. So usually when it's I'll, I'll spend money and meal prep and have every meal laid out for the week, and I'll pass Sonic and decide I need to go ahead and stop there. And As you got that meal in there. your front seat going, mm, <laughs> yeah. chicken <laughs> or hamburger? Hmm. My problem is I'll eat both. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick one or the other usually. I usually don't eat both. But this, this joker, he'll eat cold chicken out of a Ziploc bag. With rice, too. Yeah, I can't do that. No. Can't do it. See, I, I don't have that kind of discipline. No. <laughs> no, not at all. But uh, <clears throat> but back back to it, he's, he kind of pushed me to uh, uh, make it public. Um, so that, that helps 
having somebody that kind of believes in you as well, you know, kind of push you. But, but there is still that confidence issue uh, that can come up, but you just have to kind of boil it down and, and realize that you were once a beginner. And so you can always help beginners, <clears throat> but even more advanced guys, you see some of the stuff that they're doing out there and you're like, Ooh, like, why are you doing this? Yeah, it doesn't make and more it's, sense. It's, you know, it might not be that they're not intelligent enough. They just need somebody to tell them, hey, let's pull the reins back a little bit. You've yeah. maxed out every week or something, you know, something. Let's look at some type of periodization. You know, what are you currently doing? So there's <clears throat> there's always people out there that need help. And you just kind of have to keep that in the forefront at all times. Oh, yeah. I can see that. What is one of the toughest things that you have run into so far as a, a coach? Definitely communication. <clears throat> I'm sorry for clearing my throat eight thousand times. COVID got me pretty dry, but get that COVID. <clears throat> yeah, no, it's crazy. But uh, communication is probably the hardest thing because as a coach, you always want the best for for your client, and if you begin to want it more than the client actually does, and That's that tough. can cause yeah, it's tough. <clears throat> and if they're not communicating with you, you're you're assuming a lot of things and. It's hard to hard to figure out which way to go, you know, week by week. Uh, I know that's kind of how you do it is sometimes week by week. Sometimes, you know, we'll plan out a whole block. And yeah. if you ain't talked to the guy in three weeks, it's hard to progress up because he might have some nagging pains or, you know, he's out on vacation this week. You never really know. <clears throat> so I'd say communication, would, especially online, is always going to be probably the hardest obstacle to kind of chase. That's why I do a weekly check-in. Like, I have a block, you know, a four-week block. But that's not a guaranteed. And that's yeah. why on every workout day, I expect videos of the main movements with the client. All clients I've talked to, you know this, and all of my lifting clients know this, especially the strength ones, like for powerlifting, they know this. Let me know how this is feeling. Let me know about pains. Let me know about aches. So we can adjust as needed weekly, daily, hourly, whatever has to happen so you can stay safe. Like So I I try to set them up for success when it comes to that communication route because that's exactly what I agree. Like Communication is the toughest thing there is, especially online. And then I'm like it's also tough when you're working one-on-one in person because sometimes – people try to hide a pain or hide something being difficult or something like that, or say they feel it the way that you're trying to describe it just because. And it's tough to figure out how to speak their language, to meet them where they are. And instead of expecting them to meet you where you are, that's I've learned that. And I'm glad I've learned that, but it was tough to get to that point. It, It was tough. It's tough to get there. And if, the clients knew how much more beneficial that their money could be utilized yeah. <laughs> if they just communicated more. Yeah. And on the, Absolutely. on the, the confidence thing where I struggle is, you know, this, like I am a, I, I do the kiss method on 90% of everything. Keep it simple, stupid. There are, are many reasons for that. Like you're, you can contest to this. I can. It yields results, and it yeah. yields results in a manner 
that isn't constantly putting you in high risk of injury. And it allows you to continually build a base. Where that becomes a confidence thing or a, I guess, security thing is especially online with social media. We talked about Instagram earlier. Is everybody sees all these crazy variations or these max out sessions that everybody's posting. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you do that because that's not going to, that's not something that's going to yield you the most results. Like everybody wanted to compare Larry Wills to the greatest of all times in powerlifting and this and that. And he's a monster. He's this. Look at him now. Every other video he posts, he's injured. He's doing yeah, something. Yeah, or injuring stupid. somebody. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> stop talking like you're that person. You know what I mean? Like, let's stop comparing ourselves to those guys. One, you're not that. You're not him. And two, you see how training like that leads to? And so that's where I struggle with when I get clients that haven't been with me for a, a while or long enough to see those actual long-term benefits and those long-term gains. Um, because I worry about them thinking, Oh, this is not going to be enough. Yeah. <clears throat> no, you definitely got to have a conversation where make sure the buy-ins there. You know, you always want to be able to back up. You know, even if it seems simple, you'd be able to back, back up because, like, hey, this, this may be simple, but your form is terrible. So this yeah. is why we need to stay here or, or you know, we're, we're learning each other here. This is why it seems simple right now. Once we kind of figure out what your weaknesses are, maybe yeah. we might, you know, have a little bit more fun, have a little bit more variety. But, you know, if, if the client isn't buying in, it's probably not going to last very long. That's right. That's right. Now, I've been pretty fortunate. Um for the most part, I, I've been doing this for a couple of years now. I have nearly all the same clients. Like they, most of them that started with me are still with me. And I'm very fortunate with that. Like um, I've had a few drop off or just never heard from them again type thing. <laughs> and that's fine. I, that comes, that's the nature of this business. Um, but I am happy, like, I've got one client, she's, you know, a general pop, you know, she's general health and fitness. Um, she went from weighing 200 plus to now she's 170 something, 180 something. And she has a, I want to say some type of immunity deal, where her body doesn't digest or hold down food very well. And I think it's a gastric thing. I can't remember. I can't, I can't word it right because I ain't going to try to say the scientific word because I'm from the South and I'll butcher it. And uh, <laughs> and uh, that's been tricky to find the foods that her body will allow her to keep down. And it's been an unorthodox approach. So there's sometimes we've had to make some dramatic changes like letting her eat pasta. Like, if that's what you can eat to get a carb source in your body and you feel good, you can keep food down and you're still losing weight. It's kind of hard to argue with it. And her doctor's fine with it. Like, cause you know, at some point she's got to get nutrition in her body. And it's just been neat to, to learn that and 
with the training and the training simple. It's, you know, it's girls, like 90% of girls. They really want to focus on lower body. I get it. Yeah. But I mean, that's pretty simple stuff. Um, the nutritional side of that's been, it's been more of a hurdle, but it's been slow, consistent progress there. And I really, really, really like that. Yeah. That's what a couple of nutrition clients I got just starting them off. That's the biggest probably negative I see is trying to get somebody to understand why they're starting off eating so much food. Yeah. I would rather start mine just a little too high and pull them down yep. instead of just starting too low. Cause you have nowhere to go. <clears throat> and a couple, couple girls are like, man, I cannot just, I can't eat this much food. I'm like, well, just eat what you can. And then we'll they feel like they're stuffed it. all the time. Yeah. yeah. And they're not gaining no weight. So I'm like, okay, now we pull 50 carbs a week. You know, you're yeah. going to start transitioning down. It's going to be a whole lot easier to do. And you can have weight loss over a long time instead of mm-hmm. a decent amount of weight loss in a short time. And then he's stuck. Yeah, like working with Chris, he went from working with somebody that was feeding him 7,000 plus calories a day. And he wasn't gaining weight. Yeah. And like he gained some weight at first, but he quit gaining weight. And it was just turning to fluff. And he was just like he like I'm sure you heard him tell you like tired of eating so much. And we adjusted those calories by we brought him down quite significantly to where he can eat and not feel just completely miserable. His daily life improved by not having to eat so much. But we yeah. we adjusted the number of meals. We adjusted the number of calories. We adjusted how many carbs to proteins to fat ratios. And he's now, it's like, wow, this is nice. Yeah. And then when nice it, not having to eat 700 grams of yeah. carbs a day at yeah. 210 pound body weight. Yeah. And, and, and Chris is, you know, he's, he's strict. So he's doing it from carbs and bagels and things like that. And it's like, yeah. holy cow, man. Like, where's the Rice Krispie <laughs> treats and stuff? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so he was eating it like the strict way. And that's tough. I mean, eating a couple hundred carbs strict, strictly from rice and stuff is tough. But yeah. he, he does a really good job with that. And then he got sick a few weeks ago, and he lost some weight. Well, before that, he started his body composition was changing. His weight hasn't moved, but his body composition is changing. That's a big plus. That's what we yeah. want. Once we get that body composition where we want it, now we start hammering a little bit more calories. Let's throw some fats in there. Let's throw a little bit more protein. Let's do a little bit more carbs on these days. But we're going to alternate that. Like with Chris, we're finding he has to eat less frequent. He can't have those six to eight meals a day. He needs to have three, four, maybe five. Start lowering that down so he can eat bigger meals but less often. And his body reacts different with that. He's he's a neat and he's a client that reports in enough and like so well that you see those adjustments and you see the results of those adjustments like this. And that's where you really learn the most. And it's to be honest, you think about it, like every client we have is an individual case study. Absolutely. So it would be wise of all strength coaches online or in person to track that data and utilize it in the future 
because you're going to run into somebody that's going to be a lot like them and you can further your education with that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm trying to play with different avenues as far as just record keeping. But, um, I think it's essential that you got to have some type of, uh, you know, history to look at, especially once you get in, start getting more and more clients, you need to become more efficient. Mm-hmm. And the quicker you can just kind of translate and get somebody up to speed, of course, that's going to help. But yeah. <clears throat> I've currently used in, uh, mostly Microsoft yeah. Excel and just Word for most most part. What, uh, what I, I do I, to help keep client information in order, like you probably do the same thing. I use a Google Drive, and yeah. I've got folders for every client. And I save everything in that. That way, whenever I'm working on that client, I can go to my Google Drive, search their name, and pull up all their information, and get the most recent. And you can you know you see where they started, you can see where they are now, see where they want to go, and you have all that data right there. And that's the best way because I, I think about it like a doctor's office. They yeah. pull your file up, and they can get fresh, re-familiarize themselves with what's going on with that certain client with that patient. So that's kind of how I want to treat each client when I'm working directly with them or updating their stuff. That's how I do that. Yep. That's what I do. The same thing. Just use uh, OneDrive, which is Microsoft's version of of drive. So yeah. Okay. Individual folders, you know, everything that you ever get from the client goes in there and you're good to go. Yeah. and, And it's, and it's a free thing. So it's good. Easy, simple thing. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> you mentioned that you are a ordained minister. How, mm. how is that journey? Uh, it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, we talked about the confidence issues and, uh, with coaching and ministry the same way. I did my first wedding actually like a month ago. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, it was, funny deal kind of like found out about it that morning and that evening I married them so <laughs> <It's> <laughs> luckily, like, uh... luckily it was yeah it was like I've never done this before <laughs> so uh, we figured it out though luckily Broke it was ice. a small deal but yeah. <clears throat> but it was uh, it's definitely been a journey just to take it back um, I've been in church all my life my grandpa's a pastor uh, he's <clears throat> helped establish around 40 churches in the Philippines uh, he's as his father-in-law was a pastor for a church for a Pentecost church back, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties, in the early nineties, uh, he passed. Grandpa took over the church, and um, he really wanted to go internationally. You know, go out into the mission field and Philippines stuff like that. And he said he felt really called that if he was going to do it, it wasn't going to be under a denomination, if you will, yeah. uh, you know, not, when he went, he didn't want to say, Hey, we are, you know, you know whatever, insert whatever de- denomination you were. So he went <clears throat> established a United Voice of Zion, which is like an interdenominational, basically the listeners, all that means is like, we don't have this set. Uh, we're not Baptist. We're not Pentecost. We don't have this set denomination. Uh, we go, you know, kind of just go off, off the Bible yeah. and not believe that there's it, nothing wrong the with word. it. That's yeah, you know, yeah, <clears throat> and not that there's nothing wrong with a denomination. We just 
Um, sometimes back in the early 90s, there was a lot of legalism that fell with a lot of uh, denominations. So <clears throat> he just didn't want that attachment. They, they're still, still, yeah. there's still a lot of that in the, yeah, I would, absolutely. Probably, probably more, we probably see it more so in the Southern states. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, he, um, took that over. So I've been in church all my life, but just like any Eastern kid, I kind of done my own thing for most of my life, you know, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I went to church, did all that, but still kind of lived however, and got married, going through marriage. And this has probably been five or six years ago. Just, we wasn't necessarily struggling, but it never felt like we were going forward in our mar- marriage, if that makes sense. And we're just kind of, it's just stuck, I guess you'd say. <clears throat> and, um, I went out and, and started praying and just like, you know, God, I've been trying to kind of do this on my own. You know, I kind of need your help. And at that time I, like I said, I was going to church, but I wouldn't really say I had a relationship uh, with the Lord or anything like that. And, um, I didn't really read the Bible much at all, but I kind of prayed. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm just going to start reading like wherever you want me to. And I just said a simple prayer, like, Hey, just let me start reading where you want me to. And I know you've probably ran into this because before I've always tried to read the Bible like a book, you know, starting at the front and going through Genesis and you like get through the weird books of the old Testament. You're like, what the heck is going on? Or even starting in the new Testament and starts talking about all the different tribes and you can't pronounce half the word. And yeah. Like what the heck? So <clears throat> anyway, I just opened up and I happened to open up to first Corinthians and, uh, you know, it was a lot easier of a read. And, uh, I got to like chapter nine, I guess it is. It starts talking about marriage. And chapter 13, it starts talking about love, kind of what love is, what love isn't. So I was kind of wowed at that point because, like, I was really needing help in my marriage at that time and, uh, like, prayed for help and felt led. You know, he's like, hey, here's help. Here's how it works. So that was really surreal to me. Um, like I said, before that, I, I believed in God, believed, you know, that Jesus died, and, you know, believed all the Christian beliefs, but I never really experienced God like tangible, if you will. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, it's like, oh, he can really like help me in my lowest lows. So I was like, ever since that, I've kind of really just started digging in, reading my Bible more consistently, actually putting effort into kind of understanding what it is. And so just through that journey, I guess about two years ago, I got commissioned and then last year got ordained to the ministry. I'm not a full-on pastor. I teach Sunday school for the adults every once in a while. And then, of course, have the uh, the Dudes in Christ podcast with me, Josh Coleman, and Josh Ruckus. Yeah, so it's, it's ministry in our own way. Um, and our goal there is just kind of help those that struggle just like we struggle as far as reading. We try to break it down to where you can understand it, you know, just like me and you talking. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think that's kind of where it gets us to this point, but yeah. it's it's still, when you get in front of a crowd, you kind of have those confidence issues that can creep up. Yeah. Like, man, I hope I didn't misunderstand this, or I hope I don't offend nobody. So, And you get real nervous <clears throat> but just, when you have those older Bible scholars in the audience. 
Yeah. They're going to catch every little mistake you make and they're going to let you know about it. <laughs> and, then mm-hmm. that's, and it's like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, luckily, luckily, uh, here we don't have a lot of that. Um, maybe we do. They just don't say it, <laughs> but the, I, I know what you're talking about. There's definitely those, you hate to say it, but sometimes they're holier than now. They know yeah. everything and it has to be their way. And, and sometimes, um, sometimes you and I in the past have spoke about this sometimes, and I don't want to talk bad about the older generation, mm-hmm. but again, sometimes their, their way is their opinion yeah. and it's not biblical. It's based off biblical principles, but they've yeah. altered it so much as an opinion or what they're biased to. And it's been, it's been removed from actually being biblical. Yeah. So it's like I was. Expo- that's what, Go ahead. No, I was just about to say that's where a lot of that that uh, old time religion legalistic stuff come in. I'm actually going to have uh, pops come in on the podcast for too long, and we're going to talk about some of that that uh, old time uh, legalistic religion type yeah. systems, and because <clears throat> even I remember as a kid, like as we was, uh, I guess kind of developing as a church, you know, we still had a whole lot of those don't wear hats. You don't, and you don't do this. You don't do that. And mm-hmm. we've just kind of faded that out. I guess kind of, as we've grown the relationship, gained more knowledge or, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, be the cause of that. But I would like to have them in there and just talk about it. Like, where did it come from? You know, why is it kind of causing issues in the church? And, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it can be a little bit of a difficult subject to talk about because you were just raised that way. So you was never questioned, you know, yeah. you know, you never questioned why you just, Oh yeah, we just do this because, and <clears throat> sometimes it can get uncomfortable talking about the things that don't really know why you're doing it, but you're doing it. So yeah, and it, and but it, it, it ought to be a fun conversation. Yeah. A lot of times and what I found like our church is old school, like it's old school based off principles and it's old school in a way of their principles are based off the Bible. And I like that it's that way, but there is even so some of that, well, this is the way I feel. And sometimes it gets, they abuse it as gospel, but yeah. like, and like I don't like at church, the kids, young men, like this is an old school thing but it's always polite when you walk into a building to take your hat off. When you greet a woman, take right. your hat off. Especially when you walk into the sanctuary, take your hat off. That kind of stuff. Now, if you're outside, okay. It's a different story. Um, but, and then like we, and then of course we try to teach best dress because you want to go up to church and represent God in the best way possible. But I think that's been abused to an extent yeah. because they might dress on their uh, quote unquote, their Sunday best on Sunday, but on Monday they're dressing like a whore. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like, what? Oh yeah. yeah and it's like, no, yeah. no, no. It's, it's supposed to be, we're supposed to be presentable everywhere we go. Not just on <laughs> Sunday, be presentable, right. wear your best clothes. Don't wear trashy clothes out. That was what it's used for. It's used to be an example because we're supposed to be separated. You know, we're not of the world. We're of God now. But no, it's, absolutely. it's, I, I use this example. Like I was talking to the kids, old school medicine, medicine remedy. 
whiskey, you know, for cough. They mix it with honey and lemon. A old school, you know, remedy. (laughs) So I asked him, so I asked him in class, I said, would you say a person drinking a beer is wrong? They were absolutely. I was like, really? (laughs) So I go, what's the difference in one beer and one shot of whiskey in that cup for quote unquote medicine? What's the difference? Because there's more alcohol. That, that's what messes you up. That's what makes you drunk or makes you become a drunkard. There's the, there's more alcohol in that shot of whiskey than there is in that entire beer. So okay. what, what makes it wrong? Your opinion or the Bible? And then, then they stop <laughs> and they scratch their head a little bit and they go, huh? I said, okay. I said, let's, let's change this a little bit. I said, what about tattoos or crazy piercings and things like that? Oh, you can't do that. I said, really? I said, so a nose, a, a nose ring's wrong. Well, you shouldn't alter your body. I said, then why is it acceptable for women to get the ears pierced? And they go, huh. <laughs> it goes, huh. I was like, I think we're abusing this and we're misrepresenting. Yeah, we're, missing we're, the point. we're missing the point. And it's like, yeah. we judge people based off tattoos and this and that. And it's like, we're, we're being horrible. It's like, I know yeah. some people that are tattooed <clears throat> head to toe that do not believe the same way I do. But if I called yeah. them right now, they would do anything for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll shout out to my, uh, to our transitional pastor, DA. If you're listening there, DA, I love you, brother. And, uh, anyway, we have a, uh, transition house of the church, <clears throat> the men's home. Um, and it's for those that have, uh, struggled with addictions. Yeah. You know, we'll kind of pull them in and uh, they'll have a period of where they'll get clean. It's like not a necessarily a 12-step program. It's um, it's the same same instance, you know, it's for recovering drug addicts. And our transitional house pastor, D.A. Siebert, he's actually a, um, <clears throat> he was into drugs at a younger age himself. Uh, he's been clean, I don't know, seven, nine years, something like that. Um, but anyway, he's tattooed head to toe. Yeah. <laughs> Like, when he first come yeah. to us, he uh, tattooed head to toe and had a long beard, long hair, and just somebody that you would not see yeah. or you would think you would see in church. And yeah. So everywhere we go, he's with us, and we just get all kinds of looks. So. <laughs> but that's 100% based off of our own opinions and biases. Yeah. That's not biblical. There's nowhere no. they can find that show that's wrong. No. So it's, and then, like, it's mistaken. Like, so I, I spoke of gluttony. Yeah. And they go, well, that's just if you're overweight. I said, no, nobody, nobody. That's you going back for that second plate when you don't need it. Yeah. And that can be applied to more right. than just food. Oh, yeah. And they were like, huh, again, huh. It's like in like Baptist. I don't know how you, like how familiar you are with Baptist. It doesn't matter what yeah. Southern Baptist, Missionary Baptist, Independent. It don't matter. They're, it's fellowships and cooking. That's what, if you can yeah. get, that's what it is. And yeah. There's not a person, not a single person that doesn't partake in that sin every single time they do a potluck, every single time. If you eat more than what you need, you're a glutton. So I made it personal. I made it personal. I said, let's be honest. Do you think I legitimately need six to eight meals a day to survive? And they go, no, but you need it for your lifting. I said, hold up. Is my career, quote unquote career here, and powerlifting a need in my life, or is that a 
Is that a ministry of God? Well, no, it's Lifton Wakes. I said, it's a personal choice. It's not a need in my life. Now, me eating right. that food does benefit my performance in the weight room. That benefits my powerlifting career, if you want to call it that. I said, but every time that I eat that much, it's wrong. Because I'm eating more than what I need. So if we're going to look at things and be, you know, so judgmental on people, we need to really look in the mirror really, really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, people sometimes want to live halfway by the law and halfway by grace. Yeah, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah. No. And, and <clears throat> I guess the hardest thing for us to, dis- to, to, I guess, differ from or decipher is to God all sins equal. It's all the same. No. But to man, we can't fathom that. Because to us, yeah. we look at, well, stealing on a candy bar is not the same as killing somebody. And it's like, right. you know, it's hard for us to comprehend that. But at the same time, how great would our God be, our creator be, if a human brain could fully comprehend him? Yeah. Well, then, you know, if it was... If it was all about what we can do, it wouldn't be about what he's already done. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's 100%. <clears throat> the grace message sometimes gets watered down, too. It's like, oh, you can live however, and then, no, you, you know, grace has got you. <clears throat> but grace has kind of, like, turned the burners up, really, because, you know, the, the law, it, it stated that you couldn't physically commit adultery. But grace says, you know, Jesus said, like, even if you were to look upon a woman and, you know, with lust, you were committed adultery. Yes. So grace. Grace isn't watered down. It's actually turned the burners up a little bit, yeah. if you will, and as far as just how you should live. Yeah. <clears throat> People but again, they really do. They yeah, so a lot. Yeah. So it's, and that's what it, it, it gets hard to explain. I tell the, like DA, those guys, <clears throat> it seems like there's always somebody getting saved and kind of the crowd they are. And I'm like, man, I just really, admire how easy I would kind of I don't want to say get people saved because it's you know the Lord calling them and everything else yeah. but <clears throat> yeah lead them to salvation because I'm like for me I'm, I'm an overthinker I'm like well yeah you can't physically tangibly see God so it's kind of hard to understand I'm like you know I'm playing this and yeah. I'm like wow y'all just like getting somebody saved you know every week <clears throat> and uh he's like yeah it's like the people that he deals with, you know, the drug addicts and things like that. He said, you know, it's they're actually so easier hungry. to think. Cause they're so hungry. Yeah. They're, they're hungry. He said they've tried everything else. So yeah, <laughs> them trying Jesus is just not a, not a, but see, that's a, you no, know, it's no big deal. I didn't know until just now when you was telling me about it, about y'all having that transition house to help people stay clean and get clean. Yeah. See, yeah. I think as people, just normal people in general and, you know, I point the finger at Christians themselves are so guilty that those people are left behind. We're so guilty of it because there's so many times that we just judge them. Oh, it's just a junkie. They don't need nothing. Leave them alone. Don't talk to them. That person that walks in the church and everybody judges them and kind of stays away from them, doesn't talk to them, nothing like that. It's like, are you kidding? When Jesus walked the earth, he went up to a whore at a well where nobody else yeah. would. He didn't go judge her. He went and helped her. 
He spoke to her like she was an actual human being. Treated her with respect. Yeah. It's like, if we can't get any more simpler or have any other example that is any clear, that, that, that's so clear. It's like, how are we supposed to be? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, people people that are in sin and unsaved and everything like that, they don't, they don't need to know how sinful they are. That's right. They, they probably have know. an idea of it. They have a, they yeah, know. yeah. They, so we should, you know, you should be, you should love them. You should, you know, give them great news. You should tell them about Jesus. You know, you shouldn't condemn them or convict them or just tell them how bad they are. You know, people, people are people. They don't need to be treated as trash. You know, yeah. everybody was made for purpose. Yeah. Whether they believe it themselves or not, you know, they were created for purpose. So, you know, we need to be careful about, like I said condemning those people or, yeah. you know, just judging those people's people right. just based on something they've done. Cause if we're all honest, we've probably all done something that isn't quite the greatest. So it is a hundred percent right. Yeah. And I, I know, like I know some of the listeners that we have, they don't, you know, believe the same way we do. And that's okay. Like I don't, I'm not someone, um, that I don't force my beliefs down people's throats. I can't do it. Right. I, I, I want to respect people um, because God allows us to come to him. He doesn't force us to go to him. So why should we force us onto them, you know, everybody else around yeah. us? Now, we're supposed to, you know, live by an example, and when those opportunities present themselves, capitalize on it. But don't condemn yeah. people and treat them like crap just because they don't believe the same way you do. You know, like we've, right. we, we make jokes about it. We've got a buddy who is a hardcore, he loves the, the political stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's like the left and the right have just truly shown their colors the last, you know, four, five, six years. Like, and I know even so in the past, but, you know, it's, it's more of our generation actually starting to see it because now we're becoming the adults that are making these differences or changes. And we're seeing this and it's like, I don't want to be a part of that. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And it really, it really is. Cause <clears throat> those hardcore, Oh, I won't get too far, but you know, those who are hardcore for whoever they uh, vote for, they kind of close their eyes to the bad things that, Yes. You know, and both both sides have some type of bad. You can't have all good and there be a debate, you know. So it seems like a lot of the eyes get closed to to bad things in their in their group, but but yeah. That's that's about all things political I have to say. <laughs> I try not to get real political in here because that's a that's a deep, deep, deep well that can yeah. get real muddy really fast. But um, we do have a few questions. Um, do you have any I'm written down or looking at them? I do not. Okay, I'm going to try to remember some of them. I know that we had one. I'll have you answer this one first. It was, what is the best advice you've been given in your powerlifting journey? Oh, the best advice. <clears throat> it would definitely be uh, some, something to go with uh, what the biggest struggle is, is communication <clears throat> as far as just pushing to get that communication, learning how to communicate with your clients. Um, 
you know, staying constant in communication, even if you don't always uh, get the feedback you want. Maybe you're not asking the right questions. So learn, learning what questions to ask. Um, and then another one, just kind of going for it. Going for it? <laughs> that, that, yeah, just going for it. And, you know, because <clears throat> you can read all the books and you can do all the learning, but until you actually put boots on the ground and start and actually putting hands on, you know, you're, you're not going to learn as much as you can. Uh, just for one, there's, there's going to be instances that happen that a book can't tell you. Yeah. Um, you know, one of our evangelists that came through, he said, uh, and I said, a, a man, a man with an education is at the expense of a man with an experience. So That's you know, right. that can set, you know, that can be set for about every aspect. Just get out there and experience it and, uh, be willing to learn. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't know why, but when you said that, it made me think of this quote. Um, Joe Rogan did say it, but it comes from somebody else. <laughs> it goes, easy times, I mean, hard times create hard people. Hard people create easy times. Easy times create weak people. And that's true in, like, even a journey of powerlifting. Um, I don't know why, but it made me think of that quote. And yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. It kind of explains what's going on with today's world. But anyway, um, me on that question would be, um, as everybody knows, that Christian Anto is an extremely good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, um, and I hold him in the highest regard, especially when it comes to a coach, a strength and conditioning coach in this sport, in this realm of just sports, strength and conditioning, period, if anything like that. Um, he taught me – so much, but one of the things that stuck with me the most is knowing my why, why I am doing what I am doing, and remember that and stick to that, and don't let people's opinions, and don't let the hard times or the high times, the low times, you know, take them all in stride and remember your why, like, and that was something that it took me a while to truly figure out, like, what was my why? Like, it, that's hard for some people because sometimes their why is so temporary, they can't remember it. And that, that was one of the things that, like, remembering my why, like, what is your why? That is something I really, 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 really had to hone in on and learn. And me learning that made me become a better person, a better lifter, a better husband. It helped me in a lot of things because not only did it help me learn my why in the sport of powerlifting. It also made me start focusing on my why in other aspects of my life. And that, that right there single-handedly, single-handedly is the best piece of advice that I think I can say I've had in my powerlifting journey. And a more of a comedic type thing. Um, don't worry about your feelings. One time, when I yeah. first started working with Christian, I told him something. I said, it feels like this. But it was going, like, like my feelings were completely off of what it really looked like and how it was. And he sent back to me, that's a feelings problem. That's not a technique problem. Yeah. That's a feelings problem. So get out your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those things. That I was, like Christian, man. Yeah, dude, he is a genuine person. Like he, like Chris ruins other clients because he's such an amazing client due to the fact he's so good. Your expectations are so high. Christian's that way for other coaches. Like my <clears throat> expectation for anybody 
that I ever work with in the future is it's like holy cow like it's there's it's so up there I don't care if they're an all-time world record holder or have got a million all-time world records underneath their coaching list I don't care like my standards are way up there because you know spent five years of Christian and he has literally helped me go from nothing in this sport to an elite total and I've yeah. achieved so much with his guidance and his mentorship. Awesome. Oh, I'm trying to think here. Chris asked, what are some ways to brace better in the whole of a squad? What are some cues that you can think of or some ways to help improve that? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, for one, I like to look before you can talk about bracing in the hole. What's the bracing look like before you get to the hole? Um, <clears throat> it could be that you're not properly braced. Like for, for example, Shane, <clears throat> we was working with him the other day when he would start his squat. Yeah. He would, he would really open his rib cage up and uh, I would just ask him, I'm like, what are you thinking about as far as bracing? He's like, oh, I'm just pushing my stomach against my belt. I'm like, well, you're, you're, core is more than just pushing you know, you know your stomach <clears throat> so uh we just really focused on you know from the rib cage down all the way to you know his pelvis just trying to brace that and stabilize that <clears throat> so as far as stabilization in the hole look see what you're doing before you get to the hole what is the hole changing because um, it, it might not be necessarily you need to brace you know think about something maybe you just need to start a little bit more rigid uh, top to bottom. Uh, other than that, just could be focusing on really getting a 360 brace. degree brace, yeah. you know, not, not just pushing forward into your belt. Uh, it could be something simple as that. Um, I guess my, my answer on that's going to be, I'm going to give you a drill for anybody that needs to work on this. And it's goes, it's going to bounce off of his statement, a 360 brace. So I've seen this a while back. I think Dave Tate demonstrated it with somebody. But I want you, like, you lay on your back. You put a kettlebell or a dumbbell on your stomach. Brace. Watch the, the, watch the dumbbell rise. Brace. Learn to breathe and brace. Like, brace into that dumbbell. And keep that dumbbell in its exact same position as you breathe. That is how you learn how to breathe and brace. Because if you can do that, you can do multiple reps in a squat while continuously being braced. Now, to get more of that 360 brace in, there's some cues that you can do to give you some feedback. Here's a little exercise to lay on your side and demonstrate the same thing. Put Have a buddy of yours slightly hold a kettlebell balanced on your side. Brace the same way. Work on some breathing techniques. Make sure the kettlebell doesn't move. Keep it in the same position because if, if you can keep and maintain a brace while you're breathing, that is a tail, 100% as a letting you know that you're braced properly. And also, like you can lay on your stomach and do the same thing. Like if you brace 360, your, your back will come out a little bit too. You'll see that. Do that on all, like the front, both sides, and your back. And you will find you'll have something that give you can give you some feedback to help you engage that core, all the abdominals, all the way around, more so, and learn how to continually do that even throughout your squat. 
like the better you can get while breathing, I think the better you'll be braced throughout the entire movement. Because in a single rep, you're not going to breathe. You're going to have one entire thing. It's going to be one breath for the entire rep. Um, For somebody that is going to extension, I would, you know, try to have them focus more on bringing the rib cage down, compact the lats, and compact your core down too. Like try to get shorter. (laughs) And when you look up, make sure your head's packed and your chin's packed, not this looking way up. Um, you and I have this same issue. We try to stay so compact sometimes that we don't want to look up with our heads that our head is looking yeah. down. And a lot of times we have that issue, but like we need to, like we, something we both need to work on is, but finding a better position, especially cause we're low bar squatters. But if we can figure out how to get our eye position better, it would help us in our, our head positions, but we don't have issues with topping over and forward. Like, so we're, we're okay. But if you have a lifter that does, run into that, you'll have to fix head position and strengthen upper back and core. Um, yeah, I have to really stare at something. If, if, if my head's going to stay in a good position, I have to stare at something because if not, I'm just looking at the floor. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you're just like, uh, and our body kind of goes that way. Um, here's a little bit of a, a, a funny question. Um, do not hold back at all. <laughs> I'm giving you free range here. Pros and cons of working with me as a powerlifting coach. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. You want to start with the pro or start with con? You, it's your ball game, bro. <laughs> oh man, the con is you're all the way at Hope, Arkansas, in the middle of BFE. So <laughs> when I'm having, <laughs> so it's it's video conversation back and forth when I'm yeah. trying to tell you something like, <clears throat> for for example, I was trying to tell you where the pain was the other. The other day I was having it in my hip and I'm like <laughs> taking pictures and looking <laughs> at Google images. So, of anatomy yeah. and yeah. Yeah. So just not having that, that physical touch that I need yeah. sometimes. I can understand, <laughs> I can understand that. Cause I felt that when I, worked, <laughs> I worked with Christian for yeah. so long. I felt that, but I do think that we're going to get things scheduled to where we're going to be able to do quite a, some pretty regular visits. Yeah. That'd be cool. As far as pros, um, just to give a little history of my powerlifting career, if you will, before I got with you, is <clears throat> I hadn't I hadn't been, you know, probably a year, year and a half. So I hadn't been in it a long time, but I was I was making progress. Like the meet, I talked to you right before my uh, like third or fourth meet. I just put eighty pounds on my total, so you know I had a pretty successful total. But just knowing who I am, I'm always you kind of talked earlier about seeing those Instagram lifts and just wanting to run and do that. <clears throat> I was really like with diet and programming. I'm like, okay, this week I'm going to do this. this next week I'm going to change it. The next week I'm going to change it. <clears throat> While you're a beginner. Yeah, that may work. Uh, but I just knew I'm always wanting something different. If I could just hire somebody to kind of keep me level and say, Hey, don't do that. You know, this is a go. We're sticking here. And that's, that's kind of originally why I started or why I initially, uh, was seeking for a coach. And luckily we met. And then ever since there, you know, I've definitely, uh, developed a great friendship or we've developed a great friendship through it. So, yes, you know, I think that that's, that's probably what I'll pull away from that. That'd probably be the best pro as far as what we pull, I pull away from 
from uh, having you as a coach. So not to get all emotional or anything, but <laughs> I appreciate it. But no, just yeah, being able to just kind of say, "Hey, dude, this is what we're doing," or if we have those speed bumps that we ha- sometimes have uh, in training or injury things like that, somebody that can say, "Hey." we've done this before or hey we need to try this just having somebody that can manipulate and listen and make the necessary changes and then just like the last meet we've seen all those changes uh come together and went nine for nine that was uh, everything that we needed like it was crazy because everything on a checklist that we had for your off season to improve on literally everyone now this isn't always going to happen I mean, I hope it happens a lot, but I know it's not always going to happen. But every weakness that we wanted to improve on, every strength that we wanted to increase, we did. And it was weird. Like, we checked all the boxes. And that don't usually happen. It was just, it was really neat. I I was so nervous because that was our first meet together. And I was calling your numbers. And it was like, because you knew your first and seconds, like you had a really good idea what that second was going to be. But we had no idea on the thirds. Like it was, it was a hundred percent. Like I hit, let you hit numbers close to what your thirds were going to be. And then on meet day, I was going to play everything based off of how you moved and how you were feeling. And I think that we developed such a good communication rapport between us and even a friendship between us that, we were able to communicate very well, especially on meet day that I could read your body language well enough to see what was going on. Like Start playing the drums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it was good. It was a good, it was, I was very pleased with how you performed. Like I know, you know, you had some lifters come up to you and it's like, they come up to me and it's like, come on coach, let them go heavier. It's like, <sighs> I don't like, the ideology of if you go nine for nine, it's not powerlifting. No, it, that's powerlifting. That's perfecting powerlifting. Yeah, your total may not be potentially as large as it might have been, but I would much rather you have 30, 40 pounds left in your squat, hit a nice, you know, RPE nine bench. And still be fresh for deadlifts. It's a three lift meet. You you need to have energy after yeah. squats and bench. You need to have energy. And most people deadlift more than a squat. So that potential for a bigger PR, you might blow your load for going too heavy on squats, and then you don't have the en- the energy or the conditioning or the strength left to pull even your old previous best or you give yourself no room for error on anything else. Like if you're just maxing out on everything and it's RPE 10 and you're grinding everything out, like how much wear and tear is that on you? Like your longevity is being ruined. Like this sport is for sure a marathon. Like we're not trying to like kill ourselves every time we go on the platform. Now we saw some of that, but as impressive as those numbers were, it's like, I don't want to be like that. Like, you watch, right. they hit some amazing numbers, but not a single one of them walk straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. 
Uh, I st- like I love powerlifting, yeah. but it's not my life. Yeah. Squats take a lot out of me. I don't know if yeah. cause I'm so tall or I just suck at squatting or what, but <clears throat> if I have to strain really hard on the squat, my next, my next lifts are definitely taking yeah. a hit. And I've seen that in um, one of my clients. Now we haven't done a, a meet together yet, but I was watching videos of his last meet and his third attempt on squat was about 20 seconds long coming up. It seemed like, <laughs> but it was just a, <laughs> That's what, when you posted that video in the group chat. I'm like, yeah, I've seen that before, <laughs> and uh, it 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 was just it was a really he he grinded it out, but um, he missed his third bench and then his deadlift. It I, I don't know I can't remember what he attempted, but it was like 30 pounds off from what he pulled in the gym. You know, just from one yeah. for straining on the squat for yeah. 20 seconds. <clears throat> Meat day is rough. You know, that's a long day. Yeah. It might just seem like only nine lifts, but getting aroused and calming back down and getting aroused again, you know, that, that takes a lot of, a lot out of you. So it really does. And it's, and I know it's a fun day, but it's stressful because you want to do your best. And while we were having a good time, it's still stressful. Like, I mean, I tried to enjoy myself as much as possible. And I know you were too, but you can't ever get that out of your head. Like I was, I wasn't lifting. And I was extremely nervous. <laughs> um, it's just, and I was hoping, like, especially on deadlift, I was trying to stand behind you and make you, keep you calm. Like, because sometimes I know from some pre- previous training videos I've seen of you, you get over aroused before a lift, no. like, especially deadlift. And that arousal curve will not, it will not, especially on sumo. It will not. It doesn't matter how much you get aroused and how amped up you get. It will not overcome bad technique and you get out of position. If you get out of position yeah. on sumo, you're not completing a lift. You know, it's not going to be completed unless it's less than like 80 or 90%. But when you're at 100%, 110%, you know, we, were, we, we had a pretty good deadlift PR. How much of a deadlift PR did you have? Well, that was, I guess that was about a, 40 pound PR. That's a lot. I pulled, yeah, I pulled 520 in the gym. And I think the last meet I pulled like 523. Yeah. So it was, it was around 40 pounds, something like that. So, yeah, so that's you, a pretty big jump. And <coughs> it's, it's way up there. So you're thinking <coughs> technique breakdown is not ideal for you to complete this lift. So right. I was back there going, remember your technique. And I was, and I didn't know if you could hear me or not. But being the fed that we were in, I just knew that someone was going to say something like, you can't coach while he's on the platform. All that kind of <laughs> bogus. That ain't coaching. That's just encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I'll tell you something. I don't know if I told you at the meet. When we was opening that ammonia bottle, I was dying. Like, I couldn't get it away <laughs> yeah. enough. They were stout. Yeah. Like, I was struggling keeping it out of my eyes, and it was over there at you. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I was very, very proud of you, how you performed that day. Like, I, it's, you've done something a lot of people have never done, regardless of total. So, I mean, it's, and it's a very, I enjoy it. Um, I like going nine for nine. Uh, I've done it three times. I've done, my last two meets were nine, to, nine for nine. PR on all my, like, 
the last meet before my last, the, the meet before last, I PR'd on everything. At, I had over a hundred pound total PR. And then this last, this very last meet back in July, you know, I PR'd like 20 something pounds, like, cause it was only for my deadlift, but I was injured, but still I went nine for nine. I tied my best. I made my previous PRs that were grinders or, you know, RPE nines look like RPE eights. That was good because I was injured and I couldn't push things too hard. And then deadlift. I don't know what kind of PR you would call that. I mean, RPE, you would call that. That 700, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe a 7. I mean, because it was, it was light. I mean, it wasn't light. It felt light-ish. <laughs> but yeah, ish. Ish. But that's, I think that's part of the meat atmosphere. Like, I don't think yeah. I would get that same arousal curve. Even, like, you watch me. Like, I don't get real amped up. Like I'm very internal, like, but I don't think I could get to the same place in the gym. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I understand. And talking about nervous, I was nervous at that meet. Really? <laughs> that was like the first time. Well, yeah, I was, I had to go change your deadlift. Like, Oh yeah. Met right. you for the yeah, first time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Met you for the first time. And Not, you know, it wasn't 12 hours before that you met me for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Here you are getting yeah, orders. Was, to change my deadlift yeah. attempt. That yeah, was a wild like, day. So, that was very wild. Very, like, very wild. I was putting chalk on my hand, and I go, that says 700. They're like, yeah, just lift it. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> and I, got I, I had to head. throw Anto out there, too. Yeah. Because I'm like, Anto said you could pull it, because I knew if I said his name yeah. and knew that yeah. you knew he had faith in you, it, it yeah. probably helped instead of like Who's this jack wagon that just <laughs> changed my deadlift attempt? Like, I didn't see, when I saw that, I didn't think you changed it. No. Like, I didn't think anybody changed it. I, I just thought maybe I told them wrong or they just made a mistake type thing. That's all. It, but it wasn't a, a, enough of a mistake for me to go, oh, I can't, you know, it was just, oh, gosh, that's 700 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things. Yeah. But it worked out. And then Christian called me, and it was, you know, it was a great thing. Like, he, he called me before that, and he told me, you've got this. You know, you're, you're about to do it again. Like, he gave me a really good pep talk. And then afterwards, he called me again. And it was just, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, that was an awesome day. And I've had two really, really, really good rememberable, I can't say the right word, uh, meets that I'll remember for the rest of my life and that were so many positive outcomes. I worry if I'll ever have meets like that again. Oh, that'd be weird. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to come back from this injury so I can compete against our little <laughs> group's competition with these weird coefficients and circumstances <laughs> stacking yeah, the deck say, you're gonna, we're going to have one of those meets in like eight weeks eight one that you can remember for it seven eight ain't it that'll be getting the deadlift, oh, that only. deadlift yeah like it's in memphis tennessee yeah i'm getting ready for a deadlift only event but it's going to be 
like the reason why like it's it is very out of character for me. Like it's not something I normally would do, but I'm coming off an injury, and it's something I don't have to necessarily peak hard for. I can just get my body used to that lifting again and try to do a mini peak to get ready for it to you know and you know me I got some unrealistic ideas or goals for that, but it's a delta event. It don't matter to me. But it's something that's very low stress to get ready for. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's just deadlift. So it, it's something to help me get back into the swing of things and structure. And it gives me a goal. Like that is, I'm very goal oriented. So uh, that's something that I had to come to terms with not too long ago. Like it's something I didn't think that I was. Like I did not think that I was somebody that had to have a goal. And I'm finding out I do. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to just approach it as having fun. Yeah. And powerlifting is fun. I mean, why else would you do it if you wasn't having fun? But you know how meat prep is. You kind of get serious and kind of consumes your whole life. So I'm yeah. just trying to stay chill and just see if we can just have fun there. Yeah. See what happens. I think I might take it serious like the the heavy, those two or three heavy weeks, but it just on that day. <laughs> just right. that day. Just that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, there's no cutting weight, nothing like that. So I ain't got to worry about any of that. No. But we're getting close to an hour and 15 minutes. So I've got one more question for you. I'm sure you've heard this on all my podcasts. Uh, if you've had, if you had one food to pick to eat <clears throat> for the rest of your life and you were stranded on an island, what would it be? Simple, simple, bro. Steak. You already know. Steak. So. Sushimi mountain oysters. <laughs> you knew this was coming. You had that plan, didn't you? I had it. I was just, I was hoping you would ask this question. <laughs> heard of Liver King. You ain't ever heard of Mountain Oyster King. That's going to be me when I'm stranded. <laughs> you, you for real have never tried Mountain Oysters. No, I've never ate bull nuts, bro. I'm not from Arkansas. <laughs> it's not just an Arkansas <laughs> thing. I, I have never had them. Like, I, I don't have the nerve to try it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there's, so, there's, there's, so many, there's so many options out there besides bull nuts. I know. And I'm willing to. I know. You know. You know. I know. And it's but just... if I was stranded, I would. That would Mountain be that would be what you would do, really. You wouldn't pick another food. No, nah, I'd probably be uh, cinnamon raisin bagels. To be honest with you, you're here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah, <laughs> Thomas it has to be Thomas brand cinnamon raisin bagel. Nothing on them, just plain. Really, you ever check the macros on that. They're, they're pretty good. Yeah, man. Yeah. I would pick and steak probably or be something. Kind of, kind of painful pooping after about <laughs> twelve of them, but you ain't really too worried about all that. <laughs> no. Well, man, how can people reach you? Where would be the best place for them uh, for someone to reach out to you for coaching <clears throat> or anything like that? Uh, the easiest way would probably be uh, Instagram, Justin underscore Disciple Fit. Uh, you can also catch me on Facebook, just Justin Fowler. Uh, also, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Dudes in Christ Podcast. 
Um, but yeah, Instagram probably be the quickest, easiest. I've got a link tree there to kind of all my uh, outlets, if you will. And uh, to those listening, my DMs are always open, whether it's coaching questions, ministry questions, just random questions. Uh, maybe you have a good mountain oyster recipe that I should know about, just whatever. I don't think there's a Send them thing. my way. I don't think there's a such <laughs> thing. But I am going to smoke some ribs for old baby Shane and there cook us some big old ribeyes whenever y'all come down. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, buddy. Um, everybody knows where they can reach me. It's on ZachFant18 on Instagram. Uh, my email is ZachFant18 at gmail.com. Um, for coaching, for you know the podcast, it's on Anchor. You can get it on Spotify, Apple. any Basically, all the streaming platforms were on it. Uh, if you want to buy any of the products or lifting equipment, like the supplements and lifting equipment that I'm associated with, you go to my link tree in, uh, on my Instagram bio. You'll see a link there to Cerberus.